I can't say the word news without thinking about the Kelsey Brothers podcast. New and news. Like, new news. <laughs> new news. <laughs> new news. Yeah, I just, you're, yeah, it's ingrained in my brain. Anytime I hear the word news, it's like, it's like whenever you hear someone go, Red Robin, and like, you just go, yum. Like, I don't, why? <laughs> because good marketing. Do you think you are... For, like, the brand of podcast host chaos. So I'm not saying their brand of chaos outside of the podcast. Do you think you are the Jason or Travis Kelsey in our duo? Because I don't, I don't know. I am the, like, a Jason that wants to be a Travis. Like, that's that, I think. I don't know. I just, I think I want to say Travis Kelsey so bad, but I also just think I love him. I mean, I love both of them, but, like, in such different ways. Yes. Yeah. But I think I would want to be Travis, but I don't think... I don't have enough swag to be Travis. No, but I think in real life, you are the Travis and I am the Jason Kelsey. But I'm such more of a dad than you are. Yeah, I guess. But you're also much more outgoing than I am. So, like, I think you would be the jokester of the group far before me. That, you know, I do tend to to joke. I mean, Jason Kelsey, like, just you, he's not necessarily the quietest dude in the room. Oh, no. Either. It's just no, whenever neither. he's thrown with Travis, it's suddenly like he's the, you know. Is this an <laughs> F1 podcast we're suddenly talking about the Kelsey brothers again? Everyone needs to get used to us talking about the Kelsey brothers and football adjacent things because we are 10 days as of recording this from the start of football season. My brain is just a mesh of Kelly Green. All right, welcome back from summer break. I'm so excited for F1 to return. It's been a really long time since we got to watch an F1 race and I'm really hyped to watch the first race back this weekend, the Italian GP. How are you feeling? Yes, of course. The first race back Uh after the F1 summer break and definitely not the second race back after F1 summer break and completely the first and nothing else happened this past weekend. It was still F1 summer break. It's been a month. Like people were kind of tuned out. Like we have no Mm -hmm. idea if Max Verstappen is going to tie Sebastian Vettel's record this weekend. Like there's a lot on the line, surprisingly. Daniel Ricciardo is back on the grid and everything is absolutely fine with all of his appendages. (laughs) (sighs) If only, right? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. That's all true statements that we just opened the podcast with. So, you know, today on Gridwalk, we we are going to discuss Daniel Ricciardo's injury, we're going to discuss Lewis Hamilton's pace, uh, and all things in the F1 universe that we feel personally victimized by since we all last spoke about Formula One. Uh, And would you like some fries with that? Because it seems like the furry team is serving them up via drive-thru this weekend. Uh, but I guess we'll have to do more than just review the Ferrari McDonald's theme team kits and special livery this weekend. We're going to give you three things to know before the race week and predict the results of the Italian Grand Prix. Remember, a trip to the ice bath is on the line for our prediction loser for the rest of the season. Lastly, Nicole and I are going to put each other to the test with different grill the grid challenges that the drivers did over the last few weeks. That wraps up the Formation Lab for episode 32 of Gridwalk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. 
Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Follow, turn on auto downloads, and leave us a review if you're listening on any auto. If you're listening on any audio platform. See, summer break. What are you talking about? I'm just checked out. <laughs> All these things really help support the show and introduce Gridwalk to more people. On to Monza. <laughs> Nothing happened last week. Woo! Nothing happened last weekend. Nothing at all. Cold down our wind up on the grid. It's lights out. And away we go. Yeah. This okay. week's grid walk. Okay, but the reason that we look different than the rest of this podcast is because we finished recording the podcast and then they dropped pretty substantial news. So we feel like we can't put out the podcast that you're now listening to without talking about the fact that the FIA released a new technical directive that is going to make something that some teams are doing illegal. And it's probably what everyone's going to be talking about for the next weekend. So it felt silly to put out an Italian GP preview without the biggest news. So here we are. <laughs> How'd you take the news today? Acknowledging the news. I have read so much of the news so many times and you I would feel like it wasn't English. Like I felt like I was in a Google Translate corner where I was trying what? to read something and understand what it's saying and I'm like nope. Um I need someone to try I need like a no fear Shakespeare of uh this like technical <laughs> direction. Well, here's what I can confidently say. If uh, you're new to F1 or you're just new to paying attention to the technical space, uh, the FIA can put out technical directives and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's directing the teams um, and further clarifying essentially what they can do technically. So the FIA has basically identified something at least one team is doing that they're like, I get how you have found that loophole. We are now going to shut that loophole. So what and, they can technically do technically? Uh-huh. <laughs> A directive on what they can technically do. Um, now, the discussion of what is the technical loophole that is actually being closed is what I have found very confusing. All I know is that, like, here's what I can confidently say. That there is some teams on the grid where their front wing is moving you're going to hear the word flexing a lot, but essentially moving in ways that the FIA doesn't want to allow it to move. And not only is it moving in ways, but the way the FIA tests for movement, these teams have found a way to skirt that text, that test, not text, skirt that test. So the test happens on the front wing and the FIA goes, you pass. And then all of a sudden the car's driving and it's flexing. <laughs> Um, and something I actually something that's really interesting and we don't always compliment the FIA a ton on this podcast so before I flame them separately for this um, I will compliment them that they've changed their processes this year where normally they just were doing their tests so now they're actually looking at onboard cameras and they have cameras set up in all these different angles for the teams because they had a, an assumption that things were going on that were passing their tests when they shouldn't be and they implemented and used technology to find it. So I would like to, that's great. I, I like the, the fact that they're actually doing that. Yeah. Who would have thought that a governing body has ways to enforce direction and regulation and, and things. Rules. It's a, it's a brand new concept. 
Meanwhile, my favorite thing about F1 continues to be the team's committed to finding every single possible loophole <laughs> in any single possible way possible to be like, well, we're technically not breaking any rules. And they were. Yeah. The, I mean, this is, like, there's a lot of thing the F, things the FIA does where I constantly talk about how that's not their job, just stay out of it. You know what's actually their job? Finding out when teams are exploiting loopholes in the regulation and closing them using technical directives. So thank you to the FIA for doing their job here. Um, I do find this interesting because I think we, I don't know if we've actually talked about it on the pod, but it's been re heavily rumored that Aston Martin has slid back because they had front wings that were illegal and basically the FIA said no more. And then this technical directive that isn't going to come into play this weekend, but is going to be officially like all the teams need to comply by this technical directive by Singapore, uh, which is in the, the following race, but there's a week break. Words, mm -hmm. words are hard. Um, but apparently it's not just Aston Martin. It also might be every team on the grid that's doing this. I've seen absolutely every rumor, except people seem pretty confident that Red Bull is not doing this. They just don't have to. But we did talk about this a little bit. There was, you know, some questions with Mike Crack not denying and not right. confirming <laughs> that certain mm -hmm. changes need to be made. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if suddenly there's, like, a big shift in, like, what we've... Not that there's come to be a norm in the grid right now besides Red Bull. Red Bull. Um, yeah, besides Red Bull in terms of this, like, whatever new technical direction. So if I also with this whole new direction, teams need to be submitting drawings of their front wings and where it's attached. And da, 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 da. So is this teams can now make changes before submitting that? Or is it like submit drawings of your current vehicle and get a, a timeout and a no-no? Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm pretty sure the FIA is fully aware of which teams are currently doing right. this. So they, uh, so teams are now basically, <laughs> words are so hard. I find this, this particular technical directive, I have found technically very challenging to understand. So I'm tripping up on my words, but essentially because the front wings are flexing, but they're not being caught by the tests that the FIA do to measure flexing that they are making the team submit like not just not drawings like their cfd files essentially like right. they're um so i i drawings know what you mean does when you feel say like a drawing. silly word when saying right. when reading and saying it they're out loud blueprints. Like, yeah yeah um and i believe if they wanted to make an up so they're going to submit the blueprints of what the teams believe to be legal within the technical directive so they're basically saying like, hey, come to the Singapore GP with one that doesn't break this rule and you're going to have to submit your blueprint file for your front wings for us to check. Um, if you in the future want to update your front wing, which we are getting to the end of the season, like who knows if anyone's going to bring new front wings, but now they might have to, it's all whatever. Um, they'll probably just have to submit their CFD again. Um, I keep saying CFD, but it's not a CFD, their blueprint again. Got yes, follow um, yeah, I, the one thing I will say about this is I'm 
disappointed from a competitive standpoint. If if Red Bull really is the only team that's not doing this, like, could we just wait till the end of the season and just give another team the opportunity to maybe win a race in some way? Like, really? Because now, like, whatever... The, teams don't get, like, an additional budget in the cost cap because they have to fix their front wings due to like them being illegal so now like development money that could have went to another parts for an upgrade that maybe could have managed for us to manage to see one team maybe catch up to red bull and win one race so they don't win every race of the season now that money needs to go to fixing a front wing and and red that, bull doesn't have to do it so it's which is all speculative cycle. right 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 like i have no idea what teams are doing it i just the most popular thing I am seeing online from relatively reputable sources is that they don't think Red Bull is one of those teams that has to deal with it. But who who the F knows? And guess who's not going to tell us? <laughs> F1 or the FIA. <laughs> but And also, if all of a sudden at Singapore, like a certain team drops back or something, we won't know if that's because of this, because the non-Red Bull grid, to your earlier point, has been so up or down. And we're at the end of the season, like, who knows how this is going to affect anything, if at all. Like, maybe the most effective is going to be the Alfa Romeo, but we'll never know because they're just irrelevant to everything. Oh, and the other piece of incredible, important news, Alfa Romeo has its special livery this weekend, so we also get to talk about that. But, <laughs> yes, Which just as like. big of news. <laughs> Which I actually really like their livery. I like the Italian flag. I think it's better than what they did last year. Yes, I definitely agree with you. And um, I personally like it a little bit more than Ferrari's yellow. But that's my personal vendetta against this. And that's not what all of this news is about. It definitely but... will be interesting. Who knows what we'll see. And to your point, if this is like a sudden drop off, who knows what that could actually be from? You know? Yeah. Just F1. Know... It's a circus. Yeah. When you're watching F1 this week, because this is now looming and it's now public, just expect like every team principal, every driver, like every adjacent person to an F1 team that's interviewed this weekend will be asked about this technical directive and if it's going to affect their team. So it's going to be interesting. This will likely be the story of the weekend when it comes to like talking. Unless more news comes. But also, happy, something we didn't say on the pod that I'll sneak in now, happy one-year anniversary to the greatest photo of Carlos Sainz ever taken. And black fireproofs. That's really their miss this year. I don't, like, last year they were, like, bananas, and I was totally fine with it because of black fireproofs. This year they're McDonald's employees, and I'm less fine with it because they're not black fireproofs. Yeah, bring, I'd, I'd allow the Minion suits back if it meant that there were black fireproofs back but yes um thank you to the universe for that photo of carlos signs um and his hair again i just don't understand how it stays that way i don't know i confusion i need a technical directive about carlos signs's hair routine raise your hand if you were personally victimized by the dutch gp Raises all of my hands. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by Ferrari pit stops. Yes, yes. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by Mercedes' inability to pit at the right time for wet and inter tires. 
Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by Max undercutting Checo at the Dutch Grand Prix. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by every single person that tried to convince you that it was a good thing that Red Bull made it easy on Max by undercutting Checo. Like, does that even count? Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by George Russell's I was predicted to be on the podium! Every week. George Russell just has to give us an annoying radio every week. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by how awkward it was that they had the singer of the Dutch GP for the podium turning facing the podium. Uh, raise your hand if you were personally victimized by Daniel Ricardo breaking his hand and having to get surgery. Ah. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by having to wait for Nicole to text you that she was okay. That might I just still be haven't done it yet. I still am not okay. <laughs> so... Going off that, raise your hand if you feel personally victimized that AlphaTauri has had four drivers this season while they've had three points. <laughs> raise your hand if you feel personally victimized by the fact that Ferrari can't make good merch and is dressing their team up like McDonald's employees this weekend. Can I have fries with that and a McFlurry? Do not tell me the ice cream machine is broken. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by having to listen to the Dutch Grand Prix twice this weekend. It's hard enough as it is. <laughs> Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by having to hear even more race commentary through rain delays and rain delays and rain delays. Raise your hand if you were personally victimized by all of the stats about the last time a U.S. driver scored points in F1. Raise your hand if you're personally victimized by all of the internet memes about Logan Sargent not knowing what a kilometer is. It's not funny anymore. I'm over it. I mean, I still don't know, but I don't care. Raise your hand if you're personally victimized by folding chairs. So many folding chairs. Raise your hand if you're personally victimized about the fact that it's already predicted to rain on Saturday. I can't take it. Raise your hand if you are personally victimized by everyone complaining about the lack of use of wet tires. <laughs> Raise your hand if you just feel personally victimized by the sport of Formula One. Oh, raise your hand if you were personally victimized by the color orange. Oh my gosh! Oh, I the, raise your hand if you were personally victimized by the Mercedes admin thinking it was a good idea to tweet out how great the orange army is. I'm so glad the Dutch GP is over. Let us know what what you feel personally victimized by in the comments. Regina George is part of the Orange Army. So, this is a really fun edition of Grill the Grid Walk Host, where we're taking Grill the Grid from the F1 YouTube segment and doing our own little spin on it and having a little bit of fun of quizzing each other about some lovely F1 trivia 
And these are some of my favorite pieces of content that F1 pulls out, so, or creates. And I think it's just a lot of fun, and I love some trivia. So I am subjecting Brianna today to the Name Two Drivers Challenge that the drivers have done recently. So I have a bunch of prompts where she will have to name two drivers that apply to those prompts. But she only has 90 seconds to get through as many of them as she can. Uh, I also want to preface that a lot of the drivers had to pass. So if they did not know the answer to one of these prompts, they said skip, pass, and then went directly to the next one. Because again, 90 seconds, not a lot of time. And a lot of them couldn't really answer them. It's time and pressure. It's it's a lot. So And a lot of these are pretty difficult. Yeah, the last time we played this game, it was when the drivers did the five-second challenge, and then you had me go through the five-second challenge. I was shocked at how well I did. This is likely to not go that way. But I think it's also important to note that I haven't watched the video at all. So we don't, because we like to play Grill the Grid Walk host, we don't watch the Grill the Grid until the other person gives them approval that we're allowed to. Um, But that leads me to my one question. Are you giving me all questions that they got or are you sprinkling in some of your own at any point? So there are so many from the video that I did not need to create my own. Okay, that's what I thought, but I just, I wanted to know who to be mad at, the F1 content creators or you? As soon as I started watching this video, when they got to the second topic, I thought, oh, I'm going to come up with some great ones. And as I kept going, it's not my lack of faith in you. It's just, wow, I got a really solid list here that I think will be pretty difficult. So I don't even think we would get to my creative option. So we'll just have to come back to that at a later time in the podcast. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. Okay. so too competitive. (sighs) Okay. And I promise you are already going to definitely do better than some of the drivers. I just believe in you that way. So I have a list of every prompt that they went through. I don't know if we'll get through all of them. Brianna only has 90 seconds. Do you want like a a 15 second warning? Do you want like 10 second warning left? Just we're going to go through it. We're just going to go through it. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a timer up on the screen. If not, uh, and there will also be some music behind this. So you can, like, listen to it fade out. There we go. Okay. So, reminder, for every prompt, you have to name two F1 drivers. They don't need to be current F1 drivers. They are just F1 drivers in history. Mm -hmm. And if you want to pass, you can pass. We're not going to return. So, once it's gone, it is gone. Okay. 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 All right. I'm going to start the timer. And we will have our first prompt. Two drivers that have won a race for McLaren. Lynn, oh, sorry, no, he hasn't. Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Correct. To have won the driver's championship with Ferrari. Or have won the championship with Ferrari, not the driver's championship. Uh, Schumacher, Reich. There you go. Have raced with the number zero. Pass. <laughs> have started from pole in Bahrain. Um, Max Verstappen, Checo Perez? Mm-mm. Oh, uh, Checo, uh, Charles. Yes. Okay. okay. Had a world championship driver father. Oh, um, no. Uh, 
Nelson Piquet. Uh huh. The Piquet Jr. and uh, Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Had a team named after them. Uh, Braun didn't drive. I don't think. I don't know. If Braun wasn't a driver. Uh, uh, pass. I'm not gonna get that. Back. Yeah, that was a hard one. Raced for two different teams in the same season. Uh, Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly. There you go. Won a race in their rookie F1 season. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. Nope. No, that was his rookie Red Bull season, not his. Uh, da, 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 Sebastian Vettel. Yes. Okay. Voiced an animated character. Nick DeVries, Lewis Hamilton. There you go. Race for. Does a Nick DeVries count? Sorry. <laughs> I time was up. Sorry, I should have let you ask the last question. I just. If it wasn't Nick DeVries, um, I know Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel were both in cars. I just, so, my brain was like McLaren, the McLaren animated show that Lewis and Nick DeVries were in together. And I don't know why that's where my brain went. So I'm trying to remember which driver it was for some reason. It's either, oh my gosh, I'm going to try and channel really hard. If it was Kevin Magnuson or Lance Stroll or someone correct me in the comments. But there is a driver that said Lewis Hamilton, Nick DeVries. And there was like in the Toon cartoon, yes. which is technically not an answer, but I will accept it as an answer uh, because I totally think it counts because it does not specify that it needs to be in like a larger franchise. Um, Checo Perez, by the way, was also in that. If you just like want to watch a good time, yes, yeah. There's a there was a couple of really pick uh, a couple of really solid answers to that one. But you did great. You had like a really solid, like I know it was super stressful. I was most excited to see if you were going to name drivers that race for two different teams in the same season because so many drivers struggled with that answer and it's like almost awkward because they were like I like yeah, Logan was like wait drivers. what do you mean like I didn't know in the same season like wow Alex Albon I don't know and then it was like the awkward like uh did Alex and Pierre get it like did they say themselves oh gosh now I'm trying to remember what Alex's answer was I Pierre did get it I can't now remember because yeah. now that you've done this challenge you can watch it and see the beautiful yeah. editing mashup that they did it is one of my favorite like grill the grids yet it is so unbelievably funny Lance Stroll had no idea anyone was in cars <laughs> Well, I do find that to be like one of my random niche, niche pieces of F1 trivia that I like to pull out and impress people with because so many people always are like, oh, it'd be so fun if an F1 driver was in cars. And then I get to go, well, actually, Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Vettel, and Fernando Alonso all were in cars. Exactly. <laughs> do you quickly, you have only a handful left. Do you want to just go through like the last couple just to see if you could get them without like- Yes, but it's going to drive me crazy. Which F1 drivers were teams named after? Oh my goodness. Okay, so there's actually- uh, There's a, a lot and my brain is blanking. So I need to know before we continue on. Number one. Bruce McLaren. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. You know what? I don't need to know. Anymore. I was going to say, if you want to keep going, we can. I'll send you the list. But yeah. Bruce McLaren, I was kind of an obvious one there. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, my brain just blanked out after I was wrong about Braun because like, I just like immediately went to like a team that was named after a person and right. that was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what a lot of people, that's a spoiler alert. Drivers were also like, Williams racing. And they're like, no. No. 
Frank like, Williams never raised. Exactly. Yeah. It's the thing about F1 is that there was that time period where there was just like so many teams that were around for like two seasons and they were. Yeah. It's oh just like, God, here it is. Goodbye. I'm going to be, hold on, hold on. I need to sit here for like half a second and let my brain click into, oh, there was Stuart racing too. I can't believe I didn't pull Stuart racing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are the other questions though? So I don't linger on this one. I know. Cause I, honestly, if we keep going through the, had a teammate after them, you're just going to get like more mad more at yourself. Questions. So I'll just yeah. let you watch the video. The video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nick DeVries, they do have on their list, I believe. Yeah, perfect, good, as they should for animated characters. Okay, so then we have raced for Ferrari in two separate stints. Oh. Um, he didn't, he didn't... Huh. Wow, that's a really good question that I right. don't know the answer to, because... Huh, what, what are... Give me some of the highlights. I can't pull. I mean, well, Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, that was in two separate stints. You're right. Yeah, two separate yeah, stints. You also have Mario Andretti. I mean, like, you, yeah, you, yeah, you've got some that's good ones hard. here. Yeah. But that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. no, they really nailed these. You're going to love some of these. Yeah. Um, the next one is debuted in F1 with Williams, and they had to start a race. What do you mean they had to start a race? I guess there's probably an instance of oh, drivers like, that maybe had, you know, like signed with Williams and then didn't because, you know, F1 is so fun and exciting that maybe like, they ended up not starting a race okay. at some point in time. Um, um, George Russell and, uh, I mean, technically Nick DeVries. Does he count? Because that was his debut race. So uh, it does appear that Nick DeVries, besides being in an animated voiceover, has like... Been disappeared from the, from the well, well who, i can give you some more like because yeah. i also know that like lance stroll is one and i believe valtteri bottas is also one. yes valtteri bottas is one nico hulkenberg is one oh, nicholas oh. latifi is another one jensen button is another one nico rosberg is another one logan yeah. Sargent is currently oh, debuting. <laughs> yep 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 <laughs> Uh, it's okay. weird what comes to your brain when you need to like pull it. I know. Well, that's that's why this is so fun. And it's even more exciting to see drivers being like, oh, oh I have no idea. Um, drivers that won the championship, but not the most races that season. Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I believe Kimmy's championship was that way. Kimmy is not on the list. No. Oh, you know, Kimmy, I just always associate Kimmy's championship with the fact that uh, with McLaren Spygate and like McLaren wasn't allowed to win. Um, so that's, it's always like a good guess. Um, was bronze championship, like bronze GP, sorry, Jensen's championship that way? Mm -mm. No. Um, you got like a handful that are pretty obvious that I, that you can de definitely just like say and you'd be like. like like, I could just say Lewis right now, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the year, but he's won seven of them, so, like, maybe... Right, exactly. I mean, that's my sheer probability. That's why yeah. when there's also, like... Okay, Schumacher's not on the list. Lewis Yeah, I didn't think he was, yeah. but, like... Was Vettel one of them? Yes. Okay. Okay, interesting. You got Wait, Rosberg, you Vettel, Hamilton, Alonzo, Prost, yeah, PK. Oh you actually God. have both Rosbergs on the list. You got oh Nikki Lauda on the list. Emerson Fiddy Paldi's on the list. Graham Hill, Phil Hill. You got a lot on this one. I was yeah. really shocked by this, too. Oh, okay. 
Okay, uh, only a few left. Okay, won three or more consecutive F1 championships. Uh, Vettel, Hamilton. Yeah, and Schumacher and Fangio. I wouldn't have and gotten Fangio. Four, right. And, uh, okay, last two. Were teammates with Michael Schumacher. Oh, um... My God, my brain just sputtered. I know, right? It's crazy because it literally, I tried to play when I first watched and then I was, and I struggled. So like, I don't, I feel so bad now doing this. Look, my blunder on Girl the Grid Walk Coast will be as bad if we're recording yours first. I, I'm not going to be able to tell you any of them. My brain just went, nope. Oh, hello. Okay. Max Verstappen's not father-in-law. Oh, the PK? And rhymes with Miko Mossberg. <laughs> All right, let's quiz you now. All right, moving on from whatever happened last weekend, uh, we have a race this weekend. It's the Italian GP, which is always festive, at least. Um, and I have three things that you should know in the preview leading up to this Grand Prix. Do they have anything to do with Ferrari's use of the color yellow? No, but we should talk about that. That should be a bonus fourth thing. Well, I'm was... very glad that those three things don't have to do with that. So let's get into <laughs> I think we've made enough McDonald's jokes today. Uh, and I say that and I know I'm going to make three more throughout the rest of the show. Oh, 100%. Uh, so thing number one is this race, unless it rains during qualifying is doing the alternate tire allocation thingy, where you have the hards in Q1, and then the mediums, and then the softs, which no one really liked the first time we did this, but we're trying it again. So say we tried it. Uh, a reminder, the reason that Pirelli's doing this is because it means they could technically bring less tires, but I don't think that actually has anything to do with the qualifying format. The reality is, is the teams are just using less tires in free practice, which means there's less overall running in free practice, which might be good for competitive uncertainty, but it's not great for the show. Like it makes free practice everyone, it literally makes, it, it leans into why people don't enjoy watching free practice. Like yeah. it kind of enhances their point more because right. it makes it less like things are happening and less like time and data for Brianna to run and tell me really fun and exciting things that I feel like I have my own personal grid walk for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, no one wants to watch a free practice where all the drivers are just sitting in the garage and basically the last time that they had less tires, that's really what they did. And then all the teams and drivers were like, you give me less tires, I don't get to run in free practice. And I personally believe that if people are paying up to $1,000 to attend these Grand Prix, like just for normal grandstand tickets, the least you can do is run on Friday. So I don't know, not my favorite thing, but for the actual qualifying, I think, I actually it wasn't my favorite qualifying thing. Lewis Hamilton pull aside, that was just fun because that was fun. Like seeing slow times in q1 isn't particular i don't know but it's a thing unless it rains just that's why all these teams are running hards and mediums through qualifying uh second thing is that pirelli brought a step softer tires to the race which means that hopefully like we will have some tire dag um and at a very low downforce circuit that is monza because it's basically just straights which i'll get into in a second please 
Softest tires. Bring the softest tires, and they did. Again, assuming it doesn't rain. Yeah, we'll see. And then the third thing you should know going into this race is that this is the lowest downforce race of the entire season. It is all just a bunch of straights with a bunch of, like, I think technically there are 10 turns, but, like, I don't even know if I'd call it that. Like, it's basically just, like, straights. So it's the fastest lap. It's... So that means that the teams that are really low drag and the teams with great power unit performance should perform well here. So not shocking, we should expect Red Bull to win by an exorbitant number. Again, assuming that there's no safety cars or red flags to pretend, so we can all pretend like there's not an exorbitant number there. Um, but the Williams has been low drag all season, which is why it's incredible what they did at the race that shall not be named. And Albon can do anything anywhere is all I have learned throughout this F1 season. And Williams has really improved. So that's, but so they should go well here. Uh, The Mercedes, the Aston and McLaren all have been pretty draggy at different points in the season. It's a little hard to say what the current iterations, because every car is different every week. So I can't with a lot of certainty tell you exactly how those three will be in their like drag to speed ratio if we're looking at the other Mercedes cars. Um, The other thing I'll just say is if you want like a closest recent comparison, if you want to reference things like look at what happened at spa so there might be a chance that ferrari's decent here at monza that's wow it's like too beautiful of a setup how can ferrari ruin it let's find (laughs) out oh man i hope they don't i I mean i would love for them not to Right. And by the way, when I say Ferrari will go well here, I'm not picking anyone other than Max Verstappen to win this race. That Honda power unit has been the best power unit of the season. That car has been the most efficient of the season. It has had drag problems once. Max is going to absolutely dominate this race unless someone t- crashes into him for form. Like, or for accident. It doesn't even need to be for fun. Unless someone else ruins Max Verstappen's race. He's winning this. He's breaking Sebastian Vettel's record. That is what it is. <laughs> like... This is, there is nothing, like, competitive about Monza. Nope. It is literally, I mean, to your point of, it's technically ten turns. I'm like, I would say it's three. Like, generously. I mean, obviously, cause, but it is, it is the it's closest like we can get to, like, an oval that you can in this. Because it's just like, Wee! I'm doing a really great outline for all of our YouTube viewers. <laughs> Well, the sound effect, I think, was great for the audio listeners. Um, All of the tweets that are like, Monza just looks like an Italian person talking with their hands like this is the greatest. That's Monza. There it is. It also looks like a boot, which is great because Italy. All of it. Yeah. No, branding. Anything we love here is a good branding. So shout out to Monza for their consistency. At least, like... I do love the Italian GP because you know the Italian fans are at least going to put on a spectacle. So that's going to be fun. I hope a Ferrari ends up on the podium because that's always exciting just because it's Monza. And, uh, you know, I would love to see a McDonald's worker standing on an F1 podium. 
I know I said I would stop making those jokes, but I lied. No, he did predict at least one or two more. So at least then I can say, I hope they have McFlurries. <gasps> no, they're using Sprite McDonald McDonald's Sprite instead of champagne on the podium this year. It's oh. now my turn to quiz you. Oh my goodness. And uh, wow, so, I'm nervous. Okay. Second half of Grill the Grid Walk Host. The other, another Grill the Grid they did over the last couple weeks was they had the drivers order themselves from youngest to oldest. Now, all the editing took out Nick DeVries and hadn't added Daniel Ricardo into this. So there's only 19 drivers because there's only one AlphaTari driver here. And I didn't feel like doing the detailed by day research to slot Daniel Ricardo into this. So 19 drivers, essentially. This answer has been driving me crazy for weeks of if he was included in this rankings because I was like, again, I couldn't watch it. So I still have not watched it, but I just could not understand how how does this work he's just erased from all of this it's just 19 i guess is his so, name just like awkwardly on the board while they're like all like ranking all of these things well all of the gorilla grids are recorded at the beginning of the season when they do the like press videos for the intro and stuff so yeah nick devries was very clearly in the video but they never talked about it and in the final like i would have included him here if in the final order they included like in the answer, him, but they didn't. And I, again, similarly to the Daniel Ricardo thing, didn't feel like doing my own research to slot any other driver into it beyond the 19 here. Yep, yep. Um, we are recording virtually. So I obviously can't give you like magnets to do this professionally like they did. Not so in this economy. Gonna... Right. You know, if you don't know, Nicole is in New York and I'm in California. We are as far away in the United States as you could possibly be. Not, I'm not shipping you special boards for this stuff. I don't have that kind of budget. Uh, so we're going to take after the Try Guys. And we're going to have Nicole rank these from youngest to oldest. Except I'm going to give her one driver at the time. And she needs to tell me where she wants to put it on this ranking. And then it gets locked in and she can't move it. And we're going to score her results from locking them in as I give her random drivers. And then we're also going to give her 30 seconds to do a final rank, to close it up, and she can move whatever she wants around in 30 seconds. And then we'll see how much better she does that way. I'm like really nervous for numbers four to 16. Yes. I, honestly, maybe even like three to 16. I'm not even confident in my youngest. Or really any of these, but this is gonna be just a a total mess. So I apologize to any drivers that I offend and or compliment and or I don't know. I don't know how old you all are. I don't know how old I am. <laughs> so you get a point for every driver you have in the co correct place. I will let you know ahead of time that the best a driver did was that they got twelve of the nineteen possible points here. That's so a lot. It's a lot. I'm not saying a lot of drivers did that well, but if you were trying to beat the F1 grid, who all obviously know each other a lot better, then you would need to do that. Multiple drivers got like four. And okay. I'll give you like, I'll let you know where you slot in on the drivers when we're done right. with this. Thank they also got the opportunity to move things around. So you, you have a harder challenge here than they got. Okay. Um, 
I can also really mess you up with the order I give you these, but I know that's the other thing. Whatever order I receive them is also going to totally like mess up my placement, but let's just, let's get going. All right. Uh, we're going to start out with Fernando Alonso. 19. There you go. Making it easy. Um, Kevin Magnuson. Oh no. This is what I was concerned about. (laughs) 16. Um, Russell. Oh, this is where it's going to start getting in this middle area that I'm just like, I don't really know. Nine. That feels low. That feels way too low. George Russell. Norris. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. They all are just, they all look the same. They're all like that same age. Oh, oh my God. I'm starting to panic. (laughs) Six. Just remember, you will get to close ranks. At yeah, the end. but I'm going to panic then. <laughs> uh, Joe Guan Yu. Oh. I don't know how old George Russell is, but I know how old Joe is. <laughs> Wait, so how old is Joe? He's 24. He just turned 24 at a race. What race it was, I don't remember, but I remember them decorating for his birthday. How old is George Russell? This is impossible. I'm gonna. They had. They're gonna be like all near ish the same. Is George Russell 24? I think I put George. I actually couldn't tell you right now. I know, I know you legitimately can't. But they, this the, is bad. I'm gonna put you ages. <laughs> Joe's at eight. All right. Um, let's do a Valtteri Bottas. My brain starts are gonna. I forgot this is is an audio platform, (laughs) mostly. Even though the cool people listen and watch on YouTube, I did short circuit, so I forgot how to speak. And my brain's like, Kevin Magnuson has children, therefore he's older, which is not how society works. So I am gonna put VB at fifteen under K Mac. All right, Uh, Logan Sargent. Three. Uh, check up. Eighteen. Hamilton. Seventeen. This feels like a trap. Sites. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot about Ferrari entirely. I really have done such a good job of blocking them out of my mental space when I really don't have to because they've hurt me so much. Oh, no. Uh, 11. That doesn't feel right. Um, then I guess let's do the other Ferrari while you're freaking out about them. Let's give you Charles Leclerc. Definitely 10, and that is 100% why I left that space there. <laughs> Max Verstappen. I can't even think about who I haven't talked about yet. 13. Alexander Albon. 7. Piastri. 2. I think someone's younger than Piastri. Interesting. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Oh, no, I totally messed this up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, that's what closer ranking for is. Um, Hulkenberg, 14. 
Yuki. Five. All right, there's three drivers left. Do you know which ones you're missing? That Legitimately we'll none at all, because I definitely meant to... I, I've totally messed with these rankings already, so I already know <laughs> some that I have to move. And there's Pierre Gasly. Oh. oh, no. Actually, no, I... Twelve. I kind of actually feel good about that. Esteban Ocon. No, but he cannot be this far away at number four. And then Lance Stroll. Oh, my gosh! Lance Stroll's... Okay, okay. All right, so before I give you your answers, of course, now we're going to get to uh, close ranks here. All right, so Nicole, you have 30 seconds to close ranks when I say go. Actually, I'm going to give you 45 seconds because <sighs> I will tell you that this is particularly rough, what you have here. This is wrong. This is not correct. <laughs> um, so... And you'll basically just tell me what driver you want to move to what number. And as long as you say it out loud, even if I don't physically move it within the time, that will be okay. And I'll just like finalize everything you say at the end. Okay. That's so um, great. Um, I'm really all just thinking how every time Eugene and the Try Guys does this, he's like, I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. But like, I'm so clearly there's, there's numerical data that shows that I am wrong. All right. And... Nicole. 45 seconds to close ranks, starting now. Okay, Oscar, then Logan, then Yuki, then Joe. Oh no, this is going to be hard to tell who I have left. Then Lando. Keep going. You're fine. Then George. Oh no. Then Alex. Then Lance. Then Charles. Then Esteban. Then. Oh no. Okay, so we know you're only going to get credit for this much, and then I'm just going to move over your bottom. But if you would like to share with the class what you would have reordered this, like, bottom section to, I think that's totally fair. You know what? Honestly, I probably only would have switched... Actually, this is probably better than what I would have done. Um... I was I was getting really nervous about the oh wait except now I have Lance oh no I did move Lance you, you know what Lance. I feel good about this I don't have any repetitive drivers I feel a little bit more confident about where I currently have um, the Alpine French Peen boys and uh, I don't have Lance as the youngest so I feel pretty good about rectifying my past wrongs. All right. I feel so intense about finding out what How the real answers right? of this is. Okay. Well, Piastri is the youngest driver. So you got that right on closing ranks. Yes. And then it does go Sergeant Sonoda. So you got that right on closing ranks as well. Then the 
fourth youngest driver is actually Lando Norris. No, so close. Oh my God. He's 23, isn't he? I am. Um, I don't know. I just know that this is the order. This is the order. That's all that. Yeah. Right. Um, I will say it's really impressive that in your first go around, you got Sergeant three when he was two and Norris, you got six when he was four. Like that was pretty close. Um, then Stroll is actually fifth. Oh, so you put Stroll eighth here and Stroll first. So like that was the okay, the first time was an accident. Yes. Um. Then it's George Russell in sixth. One, two, three. Oh, George Russell's in seventh. So you were so close. If you just snuck a Lance Stroll, um, after Russell is actually Charles Leclerc. So in both instances. You thought that Charles Leclerc was much older than he actually is because he's the eighth youngest driver in the grid. He's had enough trauma from Ferrari that I just think he's so much older than he is. <laughs> yep. Now here, I think this one's going to shock you that the ninth youngest driver on the grid is Max Verstappen. You put him in both instances at 13. He's just been an F1 driver since he was 16. How yep. old is Max? Isn't Max like 25? Um, I, you don't know. You don't have that answer, but I'm yep, going to I, I really should have pulled this up. Yep. I mean, I think the reality is that he is the same age as Leclerc and Russell. Their birthdays are just at different times of the year. Mm. Uh, but because he's actually fighting for championships in a competitive car and he's been an F1 since he was 16. Yeah. That's it. That's... Yeah. He joined F1 at the same time as Carlos Sainz, and you'll notice that we haven't gotten to Sainz yet, and we won't for a little bit. Yeah. But, so you have got your fourth point in Esteban Ocon being 10th. Esty bestie, let's go. Um, the 11th driver is Alex Albon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, then you got another point, and this is your first point on your initial rankings because Gasly is the 12th driver. Um, but I do think that Ocon, Albon, and Gasly are all the same age. Yeah, that's why, like, it, there was, I, in my initial rankings, I completely forgot about Alpine's existence. So, like, there was, n I was not saving any space for them to be near each other at all in my rankings. <laughs> When all that was left was, it was 12, 4, and 1, and I was looking at my list of drivers, and we had the two Alpine drivers and Lance Stroll. I was like, oh, no. That's why I asked you if you knew what drivers were left. Nope. Was not really being able to pay attention and or keep track. Yep. Um, next is Carlos Sainz. Then it's not Nico Hulkenberg, but it's the other Haas in KMAC. Um, then it's actually Checo Perez, who you said was second oldest to Alonso, but he's actually, uh, you know, only here. Then, <laughs> uh, then you have Bottas. So the thing that, that was really frustrating to hear is that you were like saying a lot of the right things out loud, where you were like, K-Mag has a kid, but that doesn't mean he's old. And it's like, nope, nope. I he still felt that he was older, so I put him there. Yep, he is younger, like... In this, like, group of what you would probably call, like, F1's currently more elderly statesmen for F1, which is, mm -hmm. like, Magnuson, Perez, Bottas, 
Nico Hulkenberg. So the not 20-year-olds, basically. Yeah. This is where I was upset with you because you know that Hamilton is the second oldest driver to Fernando Alonso. This is just a fact you know. And I <laughs> Is it though? Because I clearly right. in the moment just really felt that Checo and Alonso were giving such more older dad energy that I just made them older. So you scored six points here, which I'm really impressed by, particularly like I stressed you out with the time and like the whole closing ranks thing. And I just made this like the most stressful experience. Um, that means that you scored better than Yuki, Joe Guan Yu, Kevin Magnuson, and VB. So- I'll take that. I'll take that. I look, that sounds like I, I mean, I did not make that to Q2, so like, but you know, <laughs> that's okay. You're not last. You did not last. Than some of the F1 drivers. I will also point out that there were three F1 drivers who scored seven points to only like slightly better and did it under less pressure than you. And that was Lewis Hamilton, Nico Hulkenberg, and Checo. So like you're kind of in that ballpark. And I say doing almost as well as Lewis Hamilton is all we can strive for in life. I agree. I'll take that. Almost as good as Lewis Hamilton. Put that everywhere for me. Are you curious who did the best? It's got to be Oscar. I feel like he's doing some freaky weird stuff with this, like, he he just was too good at the name two drivers that as I was watching this, I was like, I think he studied for this. (laughs) So he wasn't in the, like, top group. Um, in like tied for P2 with 11 points was Max, Pierre, and Carlos, which I thought was interesting because those are three drivers that have been in F1 for a while and they're right in the middle of the age group. So maybe they were able to place people above and below them better. 100%. That is so exactly what they did. I was totally thinking that it was just going to be like Fernando knew every single person below him, but it's just like all these people are younger than me, but that makes yeah, so much sense. Like children. What do I do with these children? Um, but I think everyone got Alonzo, right? Not everyone got Piastri, like, Sergeant. Like, most, a lot of people put Sergeant as the youngest. I almost did, but I just, something in my gut was like, no, it's definitely Oscar. P1, t- three drivers tied for P1 with 12 points, and that was Lance, Lando, and George. Lance, Lando, and George. That now, is the most surprising mix of drivers I probably would have guessed of getting this right. I thought so, too. And now... George Russell seems like the kind of guy who would know everyone's birthdays. But I wouldn't have put Lance and Stroll up there. So maybe we need to reconsider. Maybe they're actually really good, like, birthday gift givers. Who knows? Lance Stroll didn't know that, like, three members of the grid were in cars. I don't think he knows when anyone's birthday is. That is much more niche than knowing one of the 19 other drivers that you work with's birthday. Compete against birthdays. Being part of the car cinematic universe is totally different. Then now everyone knows Nicole's priorities. I think you did really well. This was hard. We did a good job. Grill the Gridwalk host once again. I feel like we could definitely hold our own in one of these segments. I think the reality is if we were under those lights with those producers, I think we would crack. (laughs) I would forget what F1 is as a sport. All right, it's that time of a race preview where we're going to make our predictions. So this is week two of this current sprint to the end of the season. Uh, Reminder that the stakes is whoever loses in our predictions 
at the end of Abu Dhabi is going to have to do an ice bath, which neither of us want to do. Nope. Um, but we're both off to a great start because neither of us scored a single point last week at the Dutch GP, which didn't happen. So it's really fitting that none, neither of us scored any points. There was no Dutch GP. And it's so great that even though I predicted Alex Albon to get P10 at a circuit that he definitely should have definitely not scored points in into Williams, he got P8. But the Dutch GP did not happen, so none of that is real. Right, so all is well. Um, reminder that we switched up a little bit while we're picking, but you'll catch on as we go. So, Nicole, who do you have as P2 for this week's Italian GP? I'm maintaining my DeLulu. I have not deleted anything at all. I'm keeping Lewis Hamilton at P2 because I believe, I believe, still I rise, Lewis Hamilton P2. That's okay. I'm still asleep. I'm not waking up. Not waking up from the hope alarm. I'm going to keep it right there. So the only reason I hit the hope alarm is because you said you were picking it because you were DeLulu and your words back at you. Um, Even though Lewis Hamilton did great at Spa, so like, he was P3 at Spa. That being said, I'm actually going to take the Spa podium, and my P2 is Charles Leclerc. I'm, yes. again, audio, audio components of this entire show, and I have been dumbfounded. I don't even, we don't have a, an audio for, <gasps> so I'll do it ourselves, but okay, while well, that I did not anticipate happening at all. no. Um, and because I said it, I'm sure it's going to go horribly. <laughs> but I felt the need, like, he was P2 at Spa. I think the Ferrari PU is not bad. It, the error in their car is not that it's draggy at all. So if Ferrari is going to have a good result, it should be this weekend. Again, he's not competing for the race win. But I'll put the positive vibes out there. Leclerc on podium at his the home race for Ferrari. One week, team forgets tires for a pit stop. The next week, podium. P2 on the podium. It would be yeah. a beautiful story, and I'm not rooting against it at all. Um, <laughs> Such a different circuit than the Dutch GP last week. So different. Right. Completely different. Oh. That being said, I will quickly throw in there that my P3 is loose. So even though I hit the hope alarm for you... I, like I said, I'm taking the spa podium. That's what I think we're going to get here. Lewis P3. And my P3 is Checo because as much as Hope Alarm I want to put as Lewis Hamilton for P2, I have a slight realization that this is a bunch of straights and Red Bull, Honda, exactly the reasons that you said. So even with everything happening with Checo, I just felt like I had him in conversation. Just kind of felt like a right track to bring him back on the podium for me. I, I, just, been... I felt like it was fitting for Checo's whole season. And it is. And I would not be as, as not surprised as you would be if Charles does not follow through with your predictions. I would not be surprised if Checo followed through with mine. So who do you have as the team that is going to score the most points, not named Red Bull? I have, I'm going to regret it, I'm going to regret it, I'm going to regret it, I'm going to regret it. I've sworn off doing it, but I'm going to do it. I have Ferrari. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have them on your podium. I don't. But you know when sometimes <laughs> I just feel like hedging my bets, and I have gone on a yeah. really long stinge of I am not going to predict either Ferrari driver. 
I'll give them something. I'll give them something here. Last week I tried to predict Mercedes and, you know, George, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sticking with Mercedes. Okay. Um, just because I firmly don't believe that Ferrari can do right by both of their drivers in the same race right now, which means it's going to be very hard for them to be the top team not named Red Bull to score the most points, in my opinion. If they do, like, I'll, I'll be happy. Like, I have Charles predicted for P2, but both drivers in one race? Whew, Ferrari. I know. I know. It's, 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 it's very bold, but <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just got to go with it, which is, uh good leaning into p10 which now i just suddenly feel like p10 is bold all the time <laughs> who do you have i am maintaining alex albon in p10 oh, oh whoa <laughs> only p10 well i can't predict him anywhere else and i'm also just kind of thinking that if like ferrari's on their game i started playing like a little bit of like car yeah. math here of like where drivers could fall I would love for him to once again be higher, but including maybe not the same DNFs as previous races that did not happen. I have Alex Albon in my P10 for this week. Where do you have? I almost put Alex Albon on my podium just for something fun. Like I genuinely think that that Williams in Alex Albon's hand should be competing for a top five this week on merit. Unless they completely changed up the car, and that's why last week it did well at the high downforce Dutch GP, and there's something we don't know, and all of a sudden that car's really draggy, because that could happen, because the car's different. But this should be an Alex Albon top five. I will be, if he, if you are correct, I will be disappointed, not because you are correct, but because I will be let down that Alex Albon's only in P10. My disappointment will be completely masked by me gaining of points in our competition, so. That's fair. Well, similarly, my P10 is I am predicting that the American driver, Logan Sargent, will be P10 this week. Wow. Big DNF to uh, gaining points. Big difference. I'm I'm thinking the difference between the drivers, if I think Alex Albon is going to be able to compete for a top five, I think Logan Sargent is going to be able to scrape into his first points. Are you predicting an Aston Martin struggle? I am predicting at least one of the three other Mercedes powered cars to have a rough go at it. So like whether that's Aston Martin or McLaren, McLaren or even Mercedes, yeah. like I don't think it's going to be Mercedes, but like, tr- and the Mercedes power unit seems to be a step behind Ferraris and Hondas. And then who the hell knows about Alpine. So <laughs> we don't know. I know. Well, actually, that's not true. Alpine, Alpine makes these predictions so hard. Yes. What we do know about Alpine is that they literally requested engine equalization because their engine is so poor. So yes, the one thing I know for sure is that Alpine technically should have a bad weekend if that is true. Pierre was on the podium. I My brain hurts. Okay. Who so- do you have as in... As this time around, we are guessing the last two finish that is not DNFs. That would be whatever the P20 is, P whatever behind in front of all of the DNFs. Who do you have last crossing the finish line? So this was really difficult because in my opinion, the three slowest cars right now are the two Alphas and the um, Haas. So... That's two Ferrari power units and one uh, 
Honda power unit. And technically those are the power units that I just said should go decently well at this track. So all of that being said, I chose KMAC. Because if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that Haas can't perform on race day. And I just flipped a coin between the two drivers, so I'm really sorry, KMAC. I, I like you better than Hulkenberg, but it landed on heads. And for me, I'm just feeling like a little bit of a salty fan here. I do have Liam Lawson as last, and it's nothing against Liam. I am impressed of what happened this weekend, but it's just of the principle of the situation, and it is what I have picked to deal with my emotions, and it is nothing against him. That is completely fair. We have a podcast that is our podcast that we can do whatever we want. And if you want to use it to deal with your Daniel Ricardo emotions, it will not be the first time. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I, I, okay, real quick tangent here of our predictions before we wrap this up. If Daniel Ricardo, and I don't think he's going to lose this seat because of Liam Lawson. Like if he was not going to be back in a seat next year, I just think that would happen like I don't think this risk but this made me realize for the first time I started thinking about the fact that at the end of the season we could go through exactly what we went through at the end of last season again which is that Daniel Ricardo won't have a seat next season and I don't I don't actually think that's going to happen but my brain started spiraling on your behalf about that are you okay no I'm not fine. I just literally suddenly feel like I am back in the like waiting for Mercedes, waiting, waiting for McLaren to like make an announcement about something or waiting for like him to make an announcement about something. All I have to say is I have gained so much peace of mind thanks to Lance Stroll because Lance Stroll had. <laughs> Both of his arms and cast at the start of the season, and he is still driving. Um, and you know what? That's that's kind of what I'm hoping on right now. I don't know. This is both of our drivers break wrists this season. Like <clears throat> I don't understand. If I had two nickels for every time a Gridwalks host favorite driver had to get surgery due to a broken wrist and or hand during the 2023 F1 season, I would have two nickels, which is really weird that the same thing happened twice as it's short of any time! Welcome back to Yellow Sector Notes. Not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock, hitting every F1 garage. Reminder, if you don't watch this on YouTube, Nicole mouths that along with me every single week. Uh, first note on our Yellow Sector Notes today is that Taylor Swift performed at the stadium where the Mexico GP was held this last weekend, which means that she actually sold out the Mexican GP uh, four times. Four. Four full times. Four full times. As soon as I saw people getting led into the Mexico GP grandstands, I was like, wow, all of my loves are combining together as one. It was oh, incredible. As Martin is going to be running a rookie driver during FP1 this weekend. Rumor has it that the new Lewis Hamilton Funko Pop will drop this December. It looks so cute. He's in a little car. Uh, there's already an existing, by the way, I'm saying new Lewis Hamilton Funko Pop because if you didn't know, he already has one. And I also really like that one. It's just out of reach right now where I would pull it into frame. Yep, is yours in frame? Mine <laughs> no. is not in this, not yeah. in this room. Okay. Hold on. I said it. Please hold. We got ours at the Peterson Museum. Yes, so if you're did. in LA, highly recommend a visit. Oh, he's so cute. His earring. Oh, 
I love Funko Pops more than probably any person above the age of 20 should. But, wow. And will I buy Lewis Hamilton in a car? You best believe it. Me too. My favorite thing is that he has a nose ring, which is very relevant. And I like that they gave him, like, dreads in a ponytail. So... Uh, yes, moving on from that, Max Verstappen got the replacement for his broken Hungarian GP trophy. Reddit was actually featured on the halo of Alpine's car this past weekend in a partnership they did with the brand. Haas announced that both of their drivers will be returning for 2024, so my Hulk to Red Bull prediction has not panned out. Um, and yes, I know that that was announced a week ago, but we missed it in the last recording. So in case you missed it, now you know. And nothing like else a day. Happened. They literally, we recorded, they announced it, and we were like, oh, house yep (laughs) but the good news is that there's almost never news for Haas it's like almost the least eventful like team on the grid so I'm telling everyone now in case you missed it uh McLaren introduced a new rear wing concept this last weekend that aims at reducing drag they're really following what every other team on the grid is doing now Ferrari has started to make lots of headlines because they're talking about their brand new car concept for 2024 Nicole are you feeling hopeful no. <laughs> Just no. Logan, Logan Sargent's crash last weekend was due to a car malfunction where he lost all of power steering, so Williams came out and took full blame and responsibility for the crash. AlphaTauri has announced that Liam Lawson will continue to drive for the team until Daniel Ricciardo is fit to drive, but he will not be permanently replacing Daniel Ricciardo. We also failed to point out last weekend that Alfa Romeo had graffiti-themed race suits, garage names, and an overall livery. Um, So we're telling you now in case you missed it because no team gets less attention or airtime on the grid than Alfa Romeo. So you might not even have seen the car. That is the grid walk for August 31st, 2023 completed. How is my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than Ferrari got tires to the pit stop. (laughs) Low bar. (laughs) Not asking for much. Thank you to Voiceover Man. Thank you to whoever made the old Lewis Hamilton Funko Pop and the brand new Lewis Hamilton Funko Pop that I will definitely be buying and or receiving from Santa Claus and our four-legged executive producers. If you're an audio listener, first off, we love you so much. Hope you have a beautiful day and that your pillow is always cold. Don't forget to follow, turn on auto downloads, rate, review the pod. If you're watching on YouTube, oh my goodness, do I not only wish that your pillow was cold every single time but i hope you never sit in traffic ever again and while you're at it subscribe like the video leave us a comment how are you personally victimized by the dutch gp or just being an f1 fan overall because us every single day have an ever-ending list share our podcast with your friends other f1 fans it unbelievably helps us out you have absolutely no idea how much it means to us Join us for daily good walks every single day on every social media platform that exists and or you can participate on. So we are at Gridwalk Show on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Threads. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every single Thursday, and we sincerely hope that you join us. <sighs> Today, again, felt like some grid de lulu and not a grid walk. There was no Dutch GP. What? what? Dutch? What? Right? Huh? Huh?